The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. I saw Ivan Mazel, former ESPN writer, very highly thought of. He had a neat memory for him. He said, opening day, 1973. Hank Aaron has spent six months at 713 home runs. One short of the babe. Braves at Reds. Aaron hit third. I'm in English class. At game time, I fake a contact lens issue. I didn't even know they had contact lenses in 1973. He gets a hall pass, goes to the bathroom stall, turns on his transistor radio with an earpiece to hear his first at bat. He connects. Aaron hits a home run. Ties the babe. Mazel said, I am delirious as only a 13-year-old can be. And I can tell no one. The purgatory of a future sports writer. <laughs> Small price to pay. I float back to English class. Goofy grin on my face. <laughs> What a neat memory from Ivan Maisel. Earlier today, lots of people, you know, tweeting thoughts and memories, including John Cohen, the former Mississippi State player and coach and now athletics director. And he said, most underrated player in history. The numbers do not lie in this case, way ahead of his time in terms of swing mechanics, a true legend, huge loss for the game. The guy who tweeted that, John Cohen, is on your radio right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Coach Cohen, welcome to the show. And uh, no truer words have been tweeted today. The game has really, truly lost um, a legend, a huge figure. Yeah, I I agree, Matt. And and when you combine... You know, what's important to the game or what's important to fans, longevity, um, you know, being a contact guy who doesn't swing and miss a ton, a guy who can steal bases at the beginning of his career, a guy who can play defense, um, the guy who's a great teammate, the guy who's around winning um, and just year in and year out, I, I mean... He's not ever really mentioned with, like, you know, the Ted Williams and the Stan Usuals and the Willie Mays. Mm. But, you know, the, the numbers just don't lie. I mean, it's right there in front of you. The guy didn't swing and miss. He had big power, and he was a complete player. And, and you know, it just saddens me because we just attach, as, as you were just describing, we just attach all of these memories mm. of our childhoods to our idols, and, and he was certainly one of those for me. You know, John, for me too, and, and, you know, I think growing up as a Braves fan and, and in the South, that was part of it also. But I just always had this unspoken standard in my head my whole life, as long as I can remember, that there was baseball, the ceiling was Hank Aaron. Like everybody played, everybody played baseball and nobody would ever again be Hank Aaron. He was the ceiling he was what y- you you weren't going to reach <laughs> so therefore he was the king and and i think because of that 
outlook on the game and outlook on him today, I've sort of been unexpectedly emotional uh, with his passing, oh, yeah. you know? Hey, I, I think about numbers all the time, Matt. I, I just, 35 home runs a year for 20 years, <laughs> and you're still not close. Mm-hmm. You're still 55 home runs away from catching him. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. You know, and, yeah, and let, let's be honest. We, there have been, there's been a couple of decades now where, uh, the science, if you will, that affects baseball have really helped power numbers. Mm -hmm. And here's a guy who had none of that science to work with. Here's a guy who played in ballparks that are really hard to hit home runs in. And here's a guy, in order to do what he did, couldn't ever get hurt. He had to show up every single day for 20-plus years to do what he did. Um, I, I just, I, I'm in awe of that. Yeah. I mean, he he basically had the Ken Griffey type of, I'm not Ken Griffey, um, the, uh, you know, the, uh, golly, my brain's not the shortstop that had there for uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Cal Ripken. Uh, Cal Ripken, Ripken yeah, yeah. He has the Cal Ripken uh uh, longevity, but with unbelievable numbers attached to them. Yeah. Well, the numbers, okay, so you, know, you, you like numbers, and I was just going to quote a couple to you. I'm looking at the story at ESPN, and you tell me, John, like how these jump out at you, and if one jumps out more than the others. All right, so obviously the 755, that's the home runs, but he still holds the major league record for RBIs with 2,297, the record for total bases, 6,856. The record for extra base hits, 1,477. Okay, he still holds those records. How does that jump out at you? Yeah, it's, it's just unbelievable. And listen, I, I will say this. I, I'm a huge Ted Williams fan also. And, of course, Ted Williams missed three years at the heart of his career. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you let those years play out, he might get close to you know to what what Hank Aaron was able to do, but he still wasn't as complete a player as Henry Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I mean, he was never the great defender. He he was never the guy who's going to score from first base on a ball in the gap. He was never I mean, the, the guy who really He was never the you know. I mean, this guy was a complete baseball player, and he was a great teammate. Yeah. And I think that's that's something. He's a great leader to young players mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I think baseball owes a huge debt of, dat- uh, 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 debt of gratitude to this man and what he meant um, in so many different ways. You know, and in, in here in recent years, uh, I, you know, he was 86 today when he passed away. But in recent years, at 84 and 85. I got to watch interviews with him, John, and and even in live baseball games. I played a clip earlier in the show where he was they had him in the booth on a Sunday night baseball a couple of years ago and at a Braves game and they're interviewing him and uh throughout the game. And honestly, I think too as a kid growing up in the South, I didn't ever really I was never really told and didn't quite grasp and understand what he was playing through in that era racially as well until I heard some of the interviews where he described it a little more openly over the last couple of years. Doesn't that also 
given what we've talked about, if we just go straight stats, in, in the, the word unbelievable that you've used a couple of times, doesn't that make it even more unbelievable what he dealt with, even in his home run chase? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, I know it's been very well documented that Roger Maris, when he was on his way to hitting 61 home runs, the stress that he was under yeah. and the, the, you know, the, the, the turbulence of his one season. Let's, let's be really frank here. As Henry Aaron got closer and closer to Babe Ruth's record, I mean, there's no way that, that those two things could have been equal. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stress level that he had to deal with, and, you know, there, there were elements that were working against him. There were people who did not want him to break that record, and he was able to put that aside, focus, and just continually do his job at a very high level. I, I think that's incredible. And you're right, Matt. He really didn't talk about this a lot Mm-mm. until the very end of his career and into the later portions of his life. That's right. That's right. I, and I, you know, you'd heard so much about obviously what Jackie Robinson, you know, went through, but you didn't hear those stories until really recently, for me anyway, about, or at least coming from Hank Aaron. And it, it paints a truer picture of what was going on. John Cohen on your radio right now. John, in your tweet, all right, you mentioned swing mechanics. So let's go uh, real quick. Let Just take us down that road as much as you want to. Uh, what about the swing mechanics? You say swing mechanics for a novice like the rest of us. What about Hank Aaron's swing mechanics? Well, it, th- th- there's real elegance and incredible beauty and simplicity, and the simplicity of his stroke was just incredible. Um, the path of the barrel is so pure and so direct. Yeah. Um, the alignment of the feet consistently or just put him in a position to be successful. And then, and then the amount of bat speed he could create with his hips um, in his lower half. He was a strong guy in the waist down. If you ever stood next to him or around him, which I had the good fortune of doing, he was not a very big guy. But, I mean, from the waist down and those forearms, he was a large human being with real strength, real bat speed. And then his vision, I mean, you look at how much he walked and a lack of swing and miss from a power guy. Mm-hmm. It, it's just extraordinary things. But again, the, the simplicity of the path of the barrel in line with almost every pitch. And because the swing was so short, so quick, so efficient, he could let the ball travel and make later decisions, which is why he didn't swing at bad pitches. I mean, this guy, we, we, and I mean, just hard to recreate in a laboratory what he what he was as a hitter. You know, and it's interesting you mentioned letting the ball travel a little more and offer late, making better decisions. Somebody brought up, we were talking about Barry Bonds earlier in the show, and somebody brought that up, how, you know, the ball, he'd let the ball get right in on him and his hands were so quick. And, of course, Bonds on the left side, aren't I correct, John, like Barry Bonds choked up on the bat some also. Yeah, you know, another guy with a beautiful swing and just complete control of the path of the barrel. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just, again, a different type of rhythm than a Henry Aaron, but a beautiful swing, great alignment of the feet, you know, transferring that strength from backside to front side to create, you know, the bat speed um, and the strength. You know, there's two types of power that we talk about. 
One is a bat speed type of power. One is a strength at the point of contact type of power. Henry Lynn and a Barry, Barry Bonds were both. Mm-hmm. You combine both those things, and you got somebody who's, you know, uh, one of the greatest of all time. So, yeah, it's, it's really fun to break down his swing. That swing was so far ahead of its time because of its simplicity and, and the, the directness of the path of the barrel. Sure. John Cohen on your radio. John, so you got to meet Henry Aaron at some point? No, I, I never met him. I was around him in a clinic one time, and I just, you know, you just want to go kind of, this is before selfies, right? So before the phones that we have now, I kind of wanted to get closer just to see how big he was. Yeah. And he was not a big man. But boy, that bat was big, and those forearms were big, and he, um, yeah, he was special in every way. I can't help but wonder, too, John, and I wonder if you have any insight on this. I guess we'd just be speculating on the, the actual facts of it, but for somebody to play so many games over so many years without having major injuries, it just makes me think that he had to play a lot of games hurt and banged up and sore and just playing through pain. It just seems like that's, especially at that time, in those years, you know, you're talking about the 50s and 60s and early 70s, it, it, it just leads me to believe that he had to tough out a lot of those at-bats also. I, you're probably right. I mean, there were probably times where he had to deal with injuries, but I think the other thing about Henry Aaron was he's such a professional, Matt. I mean, during that era, let's let's be real honest here, there was a lot of extracurricular going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of players from that era did a lot of stuff off the field I, I, I don't know this for sure, but my assumption is that Henry Aaron was a very clean living man whose uh, profession was, you know, really, really important to him. So he took care of his body. Mm. You know, he went to spring training every year and, and showed up in really good condition. Um, she's just a, the consummate professional. That's what I think of when I, when I see him. Yeah. Somebody asked us here on, uh, the text line while you're on, John. I think when when we have you and you start getting technical in baseball, people love to ask questions because it's like we get a shot at that stuff that we don't normally get. So Miko texts the show and he wanted to ask about feet alignment. I think you mentioned Hank Aaron's feet alignment. If you, and I know you're not watching him on film right now, but what is that? The importance of it and and why was that a part of why he was able to hit the baseball? Well, in the late 60s and into the 70s, there was a really famous hitting instructor named Charlie Lau. And Charlie Lau was uh, the guy who introduced the closed stance. So if you see highlights in the 70s and late in the 60s, you start seeing a lot of, first of all, you start seeing a lot of astroturf that never existed <laughs> before. And then you start seeing guys with really locked up closed stances. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about it is the barrel and the knob of the bat follow really the direction of the feet. So if you're closed up, your barrel, the path of your barrel and the path of your knob at the end, end of the bat, it's going to have to work a little and not as direct, not as directional as we want it to be. But his feet naturally were in such good alignment that it cleared that path and it gives you this margin of error. So, you know, your barrel's just going to stay through the hitting area longer. And that's where that backspin comes from and those long home runs and good ball flight comes from. So uh, that's why I say it's just so far ahead of his time because 
other people thought they had it figured out when in reality they should have just studied that guy's swing because he had it figured out a long time ago. So when you say closed stance, for those that are trying to picture it on their in their heads as they listen to the radio, I'm trying to think, like, um, like do I have – Pete Rose, was he a closed stance guy? Like you could see the number on the back of his jersey at the plate? Yeah. He, Pete Rose was a guy who was so daggum smart that he would alter what he was trying to do against different types of pitchers. So, mm-hmm. yes, there were times where he was closed up more. There were times where, you know, but, you know, the middle portion of the body kind of becomes a rubber band, right? So if you can maintain good directional foot alignment and your top half can get more closed, there's this rubber band effect that happens that unravels, that really carries your barrel, yeah. you know, with, with some bat speed through the hitting area. So, um, yeah, I, I Pete Rose it was a little more closed up. And, again, that the big thing in the 70s and late 60s and into the 70s about closed stances was, Everybody's trying to keep their top side closed. Mm. Well, you can have good foot alignment and, and still keep your shoulders closed up so that you don't fly out on your front side. And that's what people learned as we got in late in the 80s and in the 90s and in the 2000s is you can have good directional feet but still have your top half closed to create that whipping, that rubber band effect. Yeah. Well, and, and we only got about a minute left here, John, and I guess that's progression of our conversation. But I guess what you're touching on is that you know at the highest level especially the game is a lot more exact and technical and analytical than a lot of us realize when we watch it on TV isn't it oh there's no question yeah i mean one of the things you can do as a baseball guy is you you can show see highlights of the 50s 60s 70s you go oh man that swing ain't going to work today that swing wouldn't hold up today you look at Henry Aaron you go mm. that holds up that same swing would be just as productive today as it was 50, 60 years ago. And and that's why I say it's just so far ahead of its time. Yeah. Hey, John, I appreciate it so much. It's a pleasure for us to talk baseball with you, but especially talk about a guy like Hank Aaron and uh, kind of at least do what we can to tip our cap and, and honor his career here on this day. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. You have a great day. All right, you too. That's John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, former baseball coach and player and and knows it. I saw his tweet earlier today and I thought, let's talk to him about that. You know, I didn't see too many people today mention swing mechanics. <laughs> and John's a very much a numbers analytical guy. I find it so fascinating too that that there's something about certain players that you actually could highlight or show maybe on a video and say, here's something technical that actually helped him to be different. So, you know, the path of the barrel, the how long the barrel is in the strike zone, how he can offer late. You know, he's not starting, he's not taking that big leg, leg kick and starting early like guys do. He's able to let the ball travel a millisecond farther, make a later decision, and hit better pitches and stuff like that. It's just. You'd have to say that. Uh... Good hitters are born, not made, right? I think you're right. I mean, you can you can make somebody into a pretty good hitter, but there's just something about some of those folks just got something that some other people don't have. Man. Mm-hmm. That's it. And again, like the greats, I'm always so impressed with how clear they are in their head about what they're out there to do. 
They stay focused. They don't get confused. And when the game starts, it's clear to them what their job is and how to do it. All right. Rolling along an hour three presented by Overstreet Properties in Starkville. Stick around.